Welcome to the Whitefields Community Church Podcast. For more information about our church, including location and service times, visit us online at whitefieldschurch.com. If you are blessed by this message, please consider sharing it with others and leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. everyone and Merry Christmas to all of you. Well, today we join with people all around the world who are stopping what they're doing to gather and celebrate the coming of Jesus into the world to celebrate his coming in an event which changed history, but it also has the power to change each of our lives individually as well. And so would you please bow your heads with me and let's pray as we open God's word. Jesus, we thank you that you came to us God, we thank you for your love for us, that you care about us enough to redeem us. And so, Lord, this evening, as we consider what your word has to say about that, Lord, help us to understand it more, help us to appreciate it more, Lord. And we pray that you would cause that, you would allow that to cause us to respond all the more in praise to you this Christmas. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, I came across a statistic recently. Here's what it was. A statistic said that the average three-year-old laughs 40 times per day, but the average 40-year-old laughs three times per day, which in, in my experience, I think that's uh, probably pretty accurate, you know, I'd say. Obviously, there's something about children, right, that they have this sense of joy, this sense of merriment, enjoyment, and excitement about life, that we can tend to lose as we get older. And as you consider that statistic, right, that the average three-year-old laughs 40 times a day, but the average 40-year-old laughs three times a day, it kind of makes you want to, you know, those of us who are closer to that 40-year mark, right, it kind of makes you want to go back to being a child again, doesn't it? You know, Jesus, he famously said that in order for someone to enter the kingdom of heaven, they have to become like a child, but what does that mean? Like, what does it mean to become like a child? Well, here's how I would define it. I would say to be like a child means this. It's the utter lack of cynicism. I think that's what it means, the essence of being childlike. It's the utter lack of cynicism. You see, it's the willingness to believe, the ability to trust. Those things are the opposite of cynicism. You know, uh, you can see that lack of cynicism, I would say, in children at Christmas time. There's a sense of excitement, which I think really is not just about opening presents and, and getting stuff. I think it has to do with the whole season and all the festivities. We call it the most wonderful time of the year. But what happens is, right, like as you get older, as you become an adult, sometimes that sense of excitement and anticipation gives way to cynicism because... This time of year can also be, it can also be very stressful, full of expectations and, and a lot of work. And you know, like for Christmas morning, like when, you, when you're an adult, uh, if you're a parent, Christmas morning's like, oh, hey, thanks guys for buying me stuff with my own money that I didn't actually need. <laughs> Christmas is fun, but then you also have to pay, you, you like know the credit card bill is coming in January. <laughs> it loses some of its fun, right? Some of that cynicism, you can understand why it sets in. So the question is this, how do we stave that off? How do we avoid just being eaten alive by cynicism, having it take over our lives and destroy us? How do you become like a child again? You see, when you understand the true meaning of Christmas, when you understand what Christmas is all about, here's what I would say. Christmas is about becoming a child, 
And, and the thing is, when you understand what Christmas is really about, then it allows you to become a child again in this way. Jesus called it being born again. Being born again. And the reason why Christmas enables you to become a child is because on the very first Christmas, God himself became a child in order that we might become children of God. The title of today's message is Becoming a Child. We're going to be looking at John chapter 1, particularly at verse 12. And what we're going to see in this study is this, that at Christmas, we celebrate that God became one of us. He became a child so that through him, we might become children of God. So let's take that sentence, that statement. Let's break it down into two parts. That'll be our guide for studying this passage tonight. So the first part of that, at Christmas, we celebrate that God became a child. The Bible is a collection of books. You might know that. It's a collection of 66 books written by various authors over the course of many years. And the Bible is divided into two main sections. We call the one section the Old Testament. That's the section written before Jesus was born. And then we call the other section the New Testament. That's the section which was written after Jesus lived and died and rose from the grave. Well, the first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, which means uh, gospel means good news, right? So the four Gospels. Now, the reason there's four of them is because they are eyewitness accounts of people who were near Jesus, who saw these things happen. And as they tell their story of what they see and remember as eyewitnesses, they have nuances, right? They're each a little bit different than the others. Now, of those four Gospels, three of the four tell us the Christmas story, but they all do it in a slightly different way. So for example, the Gospel of Matthew tells us how before Jesus was born, an angel appeared to Joseph, Joseph who was betrothed to Mary, a woman named Mary, and the angel told Joseph that Mary was going to have a baby in a miraculous way. And this was to fulfill a prophecy recorded in the Old Testament, which was spoken hundreds of years prior to that through the prophets, which said that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a child who would be the savior of the world. And this angel, he told Joseph, he said this, Mary will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Call his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, his name, Jesus, it's actually really significant that that was the name that he was given because Jesus in Hebrew literally means God saves. And then it goes on to say this, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now think about this. She was going to have a child. They were to name the child Jesus or God saves. So name the child God saves because he, the child, will save his people from their sins. And this was done to fulfill a prophecy that a child would be born who would be called God with us. The Gospel of Luke then goes on. When Luke tells us the Christmas story about the birth of Jesus, he says that on the night when Jesus was born, there were shepherds watching their flocks in the nearby fields. And around them shone this brilliant light. And a messenger from God spoke to them and said this, Fear not, behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all people, for unto you is born in this, this day, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
Now, the word Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew term Messiah, right? Messiah. And it refers to both those terms, the Greek term Christ and the Hebrew term Messiah. They both refer to the person whom the Old Testament scriptures had talked about, that the prophets prior to Jesus' birth had talked about, that God was going to send. God had promised that he would one day send a person who would rescue and redeem the people and usher in a kingdom of peace and justice that would last forever. Now these angels, right? In other words, what they were announcing was that this promised Savior had been born that day. The promise had been fulfilled. The Savior had been born. But notice one other thing they say about this child. Not only is he the Christ, the promised Savior, but they said he is Christ the Lord. Now again, that's really significant for the Jewish people because that term, the Lord, the Jewish people only use that term. Specifically, it was reserved to speak about God. They would only use that term to speak about God. In other words, by referring to this child as Christ, the Lord, what the angels were saying is that this Messiah was actually God himself come to rescue and save his people. Which, by the way, for anyone familiar with the Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, that wouldn't have been a surprise at all because many of the prophecies specifically said this, that when the Messiah comes, the Messiah will actually be God himself come to his people to save them and rescue them. For example, here's, a, here's an example. It's this passage we read at the beginning of our service was from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. Now this passage was written 700 years before Jesus' birth. And here's what it says. To us, a child is born, a son is given, and here's what he shall be called. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now just think about that. A child will be born who will be called Mighty God. A child who will be Mighty God, a child who will be the Everlasting Father, in the Gospel of John, here's how John, one of Jesus' disciples, describes his birth. It explains the significance of Christmas. He says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So John begins the Christmas story not by starting with the beginning of Jesus, but actually, or rather the beginning of Jesus' time here on earth. John begins the Christmas story by taking us all the way back to the beginning of the world, right? The beginning of the entire world. And he says this phrase, in the beginning, right? Which for anybody should trigger immediately memories of the very first passage on the very first page of the Bible. If you were to open up the Bible to the very first page and read the very opening words of the Bible, here's what they say. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so John is triggering that memory by saying, in the beginning was the Word. The Word, by the way, this is John's nickname, if you will, for Jesus. It's what he's calling Jesus. And John is telling us, in other words, that Jesus is God, and that the meaning of Christmas, of Jesus' birth, is that God came to us. He became one of us in the person of Jesus in order to save us. Look at what he says in verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. 
And this light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. What these verses tell us is that God is the source of life. He's the giver of life. But there is also another force in this world which is opposed to life, which fights against life, which seeks to destroy life. That force is called the darkness. And the darkness is set in opposition to the light. And this darkness, as we see here, it's not a passive force. It is very much a hostile force. The darkness is something that is actively waging war against our souls. It is the enemy of life. This darkness is what's at the root of all the sadness and sorrow that exists in the world. And it's our experience of this darkness as we live our lives, as we go on in our lives, it's as we experience this darkness, this is what causes us to become cynical. Right? It's what causes us to lose that childlike ability to hope and trust and believe. It's as we experience darkness. Left to ourselves, this darkness would eventually swallow us up and destroy us. But here's the good news of why we celebrate Christmas. Because, it says in verse 5, the light which is God come to us. The light has come and the light is more powerful than the darkness. The light is able to drive out the darkness and even get rid of it forever. That's what Christmas means. John continues and he says this in verse nine, nine the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. This is what Christmas is about. God coming into the world to rescue us from darkness, to abolish evil, sin, and death forever so that we can live in the light of life. In 1 John, which is a letter John later wrote to Christians in the early church, here's what John tells us. He says, the reason why the Son of God appeared, here's why, it was to destroy the works of the devil. The reason why the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Paul the Apostle goes on and says this. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. In other words, the promise of Christmas mm -hmm. is that the darkness in this world, the evil, sin, sickness, and death, which causes sorrow and sadness, it will not last forever. That's the promise. One day, everything sad will become untrue because God came to us. He became one of us in order to rescue us from darkness and give us the light of life forever. But there's still a question that remains, right? The question is this. Okay, what if that baby born in Bethlehem actually was God come to us? So what? In other words, if he was... Why does that help us? Like, how does that help us? How does this little child born in Bethlehem destroy the works of the devil and save people like you and me from our sins? Well, that brings us to the second part of our statement tonight, which is this. At Christmas, we celebrate that God became a child so that we might become children of God. You sometimes hear people say, well, aren't we all children of God? We're all God's children. Well, in one sense, right, that's, that's true in the sense that God created all people and God loves and cares about everybody in the same way that a parent loves and cares about their children. But this term, child of God, 
in the Bible, this term is reserved specifically for those who have a special and unique relationship with God that not everybody has. In fact, what, here's what the Bible tells us. It tells us that as human beings, because of the darkness in the world, by nature, in other words, our default setting, by nature, we are not children of God. Rather, the Bible gives another term. It says, rather than being children of God, what we are is children of wrath. You see, the problem with the darkness, it's not just that the darkness is out there in the world, outside these walls and, and outside of our homes. It's not that the, the darkness is just out there in the world. The problem is the darkness also resides in us. It resides in you. It resides in me. And that's why it's not just that bad things happen to us. It's rather that sometimes we are the ones who do bad things. It's not just that others hurt us, but sometimes we are the ones who hurt others because the darkness isn't just out there. The problem is the darkness is also in here. And the Bible tells us this. It explains it for us. It says, everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glory, and the wages of sin is death. So think, if the wages of sin is death and everyone has sinned, then that means that we've got a problem. And the question then is this, how can we go from being children of wrath to becoming children of God? Well, friends, that's what Christmas is about. That's the message and meaning of Christmas. The reason he became one of us, it was to do something for us so that we could become children of God. And here's what he did for us. He was born as one of us. And in his life, he taught us and he showed us his ways. But also, he lived a life that was out without sin, without malice, without fault. And then he died. He died in our place and on our behalf. He was put to death, not because of anything he had done, but rather he died sacrificially to take the judgment for our sins. Jesus was crucified. He died. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose again, proving that he had indeed defeated the darkness. He overcame sin, death, and the devil. And as a result, Jesus opened the way for us to no longer be children of wrath, but for us to become children of God. And John, as he goes on in this passage, he goes on to describe the absurdity of the fact that God became one of us and lived amongst us, and yet people didn't recognize him. Think about that. He was walking our streets. The people that he created, he came to them. They didn't recognize him. In many cases, they even rejected him. Look at what he says. It says, he, God, was in the world. The world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But what does that have to do with us? Well, here, here's what it has to do with us. Look at verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Becoming a child of God, it's not something that happens naturally. You aren't born a child of God. Rather, in order to become a child of God, you have to be born again. And how can you be born again? Well, look at what it says. John explains it in verse 12. He says, here's how to be born again, by receiving Jesus and by believing in Jesus. So receiving and believing. 
To receive Jesus is the opposite of rejecting Jesus. And to believe in Jesus means that you trust in and put your confidence in him and what he's done rather than putting it in yourself. So to receive Jesus means to embrace him as the Savior that you need. And to believe in Jesus means to put your trust and your confidence in him and what he's done to save you. And as you do these things, what happens is you become a child of God. See, Christmas at its heart is about becoming a child. It's about reclaiming that childlike faith and trust in God as your father. And the result of that is joy and hope and peace. As you become a child of God through faith in Jesus, you know what happens? Cynicism, that cynicism that has crept in, it gives way once again as you walk with God in that father-child relationship. Cynicism gives way once again to laughter because you know that the darkness of this present time, it is going to end and Jesus, the light of the world, has come. As a child of God, life and light await you forever. And this is because, it's all because, God loves you. Listen to what John says further when he writes in 1 John. He says this, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Maybe you say, okay, but what's so great about being a child of God? Well, in addition to not being a child of wrath, in addition to having that father-child relationship with God, the benefit of being a child is that children receive an inheritance. An inheritance. And the inheritance that we receive as children of God is eternal life in our Father's kingdom. That is God's gift to you because he loves you. We're going to have our choir come back up here at this time and lead us in some Christmas carols to close out our service. But here's what I'd like you to remember as you go today. Christmas, at its heart, is about becoming a child. At Christmas, we celebrate that God became a child so that through him, we might become children of God. You become a child by embracing and believing in Jesus, who is God come to us to save us from our sins, to defeat darkness without destroying us, and to bring us into the freedom and joy of the children of God. To live as a child is to allow the light of God's love and the good news of what Jesus has done for you to set you free from cynicism so you can abound in hope. So this Christmas, may you receive the gift of God's love and grace and may you respond to it by becoming and living as his child, embracing Jesus and putting your trust in him. Friends, at Christmas, we celebrate that God became a child so that we might become children of God. You have been listening to a message from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. For more information and audio content, visit us at whitefieldschurch.com. Make sure to tap the subscribe button if you would like to have new messages delivered to your device every week when they are released. If you have been blessed by this message and would like to support our ministry, you can do so by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or by giving a donation to our church on our website at whitefieldschurch.com.